Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges. Facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bichara Spanchin. This is Ron Hadi, your host. I am speaking now with Wolfgang Lemacher as Spanchin and Technology Strategist. Wolfgang is a board member, advisor, a business angel and also global traveler. Previously, he was the head of Spanchin and transport industry at the World Economic Forum and also holds as executive level position at the multinational companies. Thanks for coming, Wolfgang, and welcome to Vichara Splanchin. Uh, thanks for the invitation, Nohadi. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have that conversation with you at a, at a very interesting uh, moment in, uh, in our lives, in a unique moment in our lives. Okay. So today's topic is uh, creating a global trade a supply chain network, but before that, can you please brief a bit about uh, yourself, uh, your professional background, and what do you do, Wolfgang? Originally from Germany, I'm uh, living in the world. I'm uh, I'm a global traveler. Um, I like the uh, the global context, uh, seeing different uh, cultures evolving and uh, different ways of of doing business. I'm usually commuting now between the, the major platforms uh, of the world, which is uh, the Asian uh, ecosystem, the European bloc, and North America. And uh, I have um, a specific interest in Asia and spending a lot of time here for the last, say, almost 20 years uh, because um, – that is the region which is the most dynamic and which has also changed the most, uh, which still has um, a wonderful uh, future ahead, as I see it. Mm. It is great. Um, I would like to jump the questions that uh, probably everyone knows the, uh, the globalization uh, has become pervasive. Uh, supplier have uh, pursue the global market and most companies now is sourced uh, extensively from the global supplier and uh, now we do have a COVID-19 where it's also impacting to the global supply network so what is your view on this Wolfgang? It's a very big question Nohadi and uh, mm-hmm. a lot a lot comes uh, to my mind uh, we have been living through uh, very indeed very turbulent and uh and different times in the last let's say two two to three years um and this because uh the uh the changing uh global trade environment and now the pandemics uh or the pandemic uh and we had a few uh in recent years as well mm-hmm. um so what I see is, is not the, the big, big change in supply chains. Uh, many talk about 
the end of globalization, uh, the departure of supply chains from Asia. But I think that companies will continue to source across the globe and feed their global production networks. China will play its role in uh, this globalized world. And so will the U.S. and Europe. Mm-hmm. But more interesting will be to, to look at Southeast Asia, Bangladesh, the future of Pakistan, Turkey, Eastern Europe, uh, Northern Africa, and Mexico, which are all uh, very interesting industrial hubs uh, near the, the larger platform or even part of the larger platform, but, but uh, on the, uh, on the uh, fringes of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, so I, I see uh, the, the movement between those, those adjacent um, industrial hubs mm-hmm. and, and um, overall what I think is uh, that um, this is a moment, we are now living a moment of reflection. Uh, these, these more, let's say, catching headlines um, are, are just, I think, targeting eyeballs. But what, what is really happening is that uh, supply chain managers have now time and uh, enough information and data because we are living in, in a series of experiments to uh, adjust their, their uh, way they are running the, the supply chain or the way they have set, set it up. But it will not be as radical as some people think because we are not moving factories. We are talking about ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And you cannot compare an ecosystem in Vietnam with the ecosystem in Mexico. Uh, Mexico is, is strong in automotive and Vietnam has become strong in electronics. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, you cannot just say, okay, because Mexico is also an industrialized country, we are now moving an aerospace mm-hmm. factory there, right? Um, so, so, but, but nevertheless, there will be, um, there will be a reflection. Uh, about um, the current situation. Mm. Um, I think that that complexity in supply chains will increase um, because we have means that that enable us to build very complex supply chains. Mm-hmm. These are the powerful digital tools. And I see that more and more of this will come into play because yeah. those companies that have driven digitization in the past mm-hmm. that have now tools in place like Internet of Things, which give them the data to have a much higher level of visibility and the ability to run analysis and develop predictions are much better off. So that's another, another area where I see uh, tailwind uh, now. So for me, the the geographical shifts will not be as strong as what I expect to happen in the, in the digital field. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, uh, what the opportunities we do have in designing the supply chain in uh, turbulent times like the uh, recent day? I think there are tons of opportunities. Mm -hmm. But uh, I also, when I, when I when I think about opportunities, I first need to say that we are facing a human tragedy here and and our thoughts should first be with those that are suffering or even departing and and a lot have these experiences now in their uh, in their sphere uh, and and the crisis brings a lot of suffering and reflection as I said before it brings challenges and opportunities and in fact, we encounter far more opportunities in a moment of crisis than in smoother times. So we are in a phase where people can really make a leap. You can, you can uh, build significant competitive advantage. A crisis proves often to be a catalyst for change, a driver of innovation. And we will see this. We will see a lot of innovation coming up. Mm -hmm. um, this will not help us in the short term, but, but it will help us in the mid to long term. I see opportunities for governments, for businesses, and for people. The yeah. governments have learned that, that many services can be delivered digitally. I think that will change governmental plans. Uh, as businesses, they have also discovered that working from home is not such a challenge as we thought before. Not everyone can from, work from home but a significant part of the workforce can. Um, governments in the West might regain ex acceptance uh, dependent on they run the, the crisis now. Uh, I also uh, expect that experts will be rated higher uh, after the crisis than before. And you, you know there was a kind of skepticism across the world how, how good the expert advice really is. Um, with shutting down uh, large parts of the retail sector, the e-commerce got additional tailwind. So online businesses of all shape um, have a chance to, uh, to run or, or grow stronger after this than, than before. Um, then um, I think there is, there is also a chance for employees. Um, they have the opportunities to, to learn new tools, yeah. new way of, 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 of working. Mm -hmm. they, have all, they have also the possibility because some have long commutes, which now fall away. Mm -hmm. so, so to learn, learn something new, to uh, learn new competences, book online uh, courses, and, um, and nations could find new level of solidarity. Mm -hmm. um, and Finally, my, my big, big vision is that after the digital age, we have the chance to put a little bit more energy behind uh, the um, circular age. What I mean with that is the circular economy, um, a more diligent um, treatment of the resources we are having. Yeah. Um, because because when I go out today, I see blue sky. I see f I have fresh air. I see um, 
clearer water in the river. So, and we are still running on a 50 to 70 percent uh, uh, output level of the economy. Mm-hmm. So this gives more hope as well that the radical policies which governments have introduced, uh, I never thought that that would be possible or the behavior changes. So this is really a major defreeze and eye opener, uh, which uh, gives room and hope to, to a lot of things. Yeah. Perfect. Another thing I would like to ask is, um, I think it's a very important question as well. So how to build a synchronized uh, global trade supply chain? The word synchronization is a, is a multifaceted word. Um, okay. Let, let's, let's, let's define it as something which is fluid, aligned, um, uh, without uh, a lot of, lot of disruption mm-hmm. and, and hindrances along the way. Yeah. Um, I think that the only way to build uh, synchronized supply chains at scale is through technology. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the base prerequisite is digital connectivity. Mm-hmm. And on this connectivity, based on this connectivity, we can then think the digital tools that are the, the enablers. And this is, this is all needed to orchestrate uh, the community along the supply chain to um, ensure that everybody is on the same page. And, and this is not only uh, supplier, manufacturer, distributor, etc. It also includes the consumer. The consumer is the point where, where it all starts. Uh, and um, consumer engagement is part of that synchronization because we want to synchronize with the expectations and the needs of the consumer. So it starts with uh, the connection of the consumer to the online and offline multi multi and omni channel uh, where we see through the uh, mobile revolution, the uh, smartphones, uh, a lot of, a lot of innovation and interaction at the business consumer interface. Um, We see, we see increasingly integration with distributors, with retailers, um, from the manufacturer and the the brand side Um, and the supplier integration, we had already to a certain extent um, uh, some decades ago, but that's, that's how, how I see it. Um, We, we have now more powerful Mm -hmm. uh, architectures, which, which glue this all together, digital architectures. We, uh, these, these, uh, connected systems or demand and supply networks will generate enormous amount of data, which we also now can handle first from a volume perspective. We put them up in the cloud uh, without limitations, uh, and even small com- companies can do this. Um, and from an analytics point of view, uh, we I'm always saying we are now in the era 
in the sub area of uh, the Internet of Things. So we are generating enormous amounts of data. Um, and the next movement will be the artificial intelligence and the analytics movement. Um, there is so much innovation and so much venture activity in that, in that space. And uh, this analysis and the, and the analyzed data will, will enable a high level of automation so that we don't depend on decisions which have to be taken and which takes time and, and reduces the fluidity. So that's, that's my, um, yeah. my vision of a uh, synchronized global trade, trade uh, uh, system. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, well, um, before we close our con conversations, what, what advice you can offer to help business leaders to be more agile and also um, they, can, they can to be more adaptable in facing uh, global supply chains? The, the, the key advice is to leverage this opportunity of COVID-19 mm -hmm. and to use it to reflect deeply on the situation, what, what a unique global shock, a, a simultaneous supply and demand drop has done to the business and how much agility the business really had to absorb the, the shock or to leverage the, the shock. They are very different situation. If you are an online business in the grocery space, uh, you have to manage growth now. You, you have to find resources. Uh, if you are in the textile business, you have to find warehouse. In the West, the containers are arriving. Uh, did you think about that? Do you have systems which allows you to later easily find what you ha have to stock now? Yeah. So these are examples of, of how you need to look at the current situation. So you look, in fact, at previous decisions and you can need to think about why did I take these decisions? What were my assumptions at that time? Yeah. So how did that play out? But more, more important will be the reflection going forward because the world after COVID-19 will, for a certain, to a certain extent, not be the same world as we had before. Mm. Uh, we need to change our view. We need to change our logics. We need to understand what are the trends which will accelerate. And I mentioned a few. What will, will fall away and fall apart? Um, how can I... Uh, make my business stronger. And a big, big part of this reflection is building collective intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I spoke about solidarity before. Yeah. I think this is also the big moment of collaboration. Yeah. Collaboration with suppliers, with customers, academia, experts, with the government, and gather as much information as I can to capture that that moment, which I described as 
the the higher generator or more power generate more powerful generator of opportunities we are having in front of us mm-hmm. that's what i i would recommend is uh reflect on your decisions and learn from what these decisions did in the situation we are now and then leverage the entire ecosystem knowledge and views to build a better future mhm awesome all right so thanks for coming olga i uh, appreciate for you sharing with our listener at bijana supply chain thank you take care and goodbye goodbye nohadi thanks again At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Bichara Supply Chain and stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.